Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the official podcast of the city of Sierra Vista. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Adam Curtis, and it's so good to be back with you once again. As city facilities, programs, and events bring back to life, I'm excited to bring this podcast back online in 2021 for its second season. We hope to stick to an episode every two weeks or so, and we begin today by sitting down with the city's code enforcement team. After all, it is a timely season to talk about keeping Sierra Vista beautiful, as we all muster up the energy to do a bit of spring cleaning at home or even out in the community. This is Sierra Vista's windy season, so litter tends to blow far and wide before getting caught in open spaces throughout our community. If you're interested in lending a helping hand, head to the city's website at www.sierravistaaz.gov and search for Adopt an Area to learn about opportunities to adopt public spaces throughout Sierra Vista, whether you do it as a group, organization, or family. You can also learn more about this program by calling 520-417-4413 or emailing jessica.vanoy at sierravistaaz.gov. That's jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, dot vanoy, V-A-N-N-O-Y, at sierravistaaz.gov. And Jessica will be joining us in just a moment. Along with Gilbert Fuentes, Jessica is one of the city's two code enforcement officers who help protect our neighborhoods and work with local residents to ensure their properties meet our community's standards. It's an important job that helps keep local property values high and ensures neighborhoods remain safe for everyone, including pets, families, and people with disabilities. It's a job that requires both kindness and persistence to do well. Fortunately, those are characteristics Jessica and Gilbert have honed through their years of public service to our community. Hi, Jessica and Gilbert. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Always a pleasure. And thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Gilbert, let's start with you. Um, I know you joined Jessica on code enforcement um, after having a long career with the city over at the Sierra Vista Police Department. Um, I believe you actually retired as commander. Um, were there any lessons you kind of took from, you know, that life that that translated well into uh, code enforcement? I believe dealing with people, uh, you know, it's an acquired skill. You automatically get that coming out of high school or college, uh, dealing with people in different states, so they're upset or they're happy or grief. So most people don't like being told what to do or to fix something. So sometimes it can be a little confrontational. So being able to deal with people and not getting upset yourself is something that I took from the police department. Definitely. And how many years did you uh, serve over at the PD? Just short of 26, so 25 years, nine months. I started in 84. September of 84 after I did one stint in the Marine Corps and then I went up I got hired as a police assistant and got promoted to officer then senior officer uh, sergeant lieutenant and then commander and then I left in June of 2010. And I think you went to the private sector a little bit at that point right? Yes I got a job with Raytheon up on Fort Huachuca with the UAV program and did uh, just a little over eight years there eight years three months. Cool uh, so what what brought you back to the public service side? Actually, I always liked working for the city. I, I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed city itself. I'm not from here. I was born and raised in Douglas. I hmm. uh, never really knew service until I got out of the Marine Corps and got hired here. Uh, became my hometown. Hmm. And so I, I enjoyed it. I liked the city. I liked working for it. I liked doing things for the city. So I was eager to come back. Awesome. Yeah, I, I really like the culture here at the city. Um, it's part of the reason I applied after covering the city for numerous years as I talked to many people who had retired and kind of talked about the culture. And, and I always really liked the idea of public service. It's similar to journalism. You're kind right. of 
you know, part of the community, what keeps everything together and moving. And, and that's kind of exciting. Agreed. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jessica, I know you're no stranger to the city, to put it mildly. I, I think you told me you've been running around City Hall since, I don't know, you could walk pretty much. Oh, well, I was almost born right here in City Hall. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. So uh, talk about your parents. I know that they, they both had ties to the city. Um, kind of how, how did that story progress? My mom was uh, one of the first police dispatchers for Sierra Vista back in the 70s. Awesome. Wow. When it was located in the Sherbundi area. And my dad started out as a mechanic and worked his way up at Public Works. And they both retired after 30 years. That's cool. Wow. So did, um, I don't know, were you inspired to go into public service or into that kind of realm because of your parents? Or did it just kind of happen by chance? Um, I know you worked for Animal Control not sure what you did before that, but I know you've uh, uh, been with the city for a while. Well, yeah, it was definitely influential. You know, I grew up going to public works, um, picnics and parties, and my mom went from the police department over here to City Hall where she was a clerk, and that's how she retired out, was a clerk. And so I got to meet the city managers and the mayors over all those years, you know. Um, it definitely inspired me to get into public service. And so when I graduated from high school, I went into the Navy as mm. a military police. And then when I uh, did my four-year stint, I came back home because I love Sierra Vista. I was born and raised here. So um, the first job available happened to be animal control, which was right up my alley because I've always done things with animals. Oh, cool. Um, so how long did you work with animal control? And uh, was there any anything you kind of carried over from that job uh, into code enforcement? I kind of imagine that some tough love, so to speak, is required in both those jobs. Uh, tough love is, is a word. I would say um, a lot of self-restraint and self-discipline mm -hmm. um, would definitely be more accurate for me personally. I did eight years at animal control, and I'm coming up on five years over here at code enforcement. Um, you know, both jobs require you to learn how to talk to people, how to help them. And that's one thing that I've always loved to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, other other than that, um, even on the code enforcement side, I'm still handling animal complaints from time to time. If it's chickens or some kind of livestock in the city, that's still my realm. So. Mm -hmm. Um, and we still do crossover. If they need something, they call me. If I need something, I'll call them. And so we still work together. Absolutely. And, and so like when you guys go out and, and you do code enforcement, so like you follow up on a complaint at a property or something like that, um, what does that process typically look like? Do you go out there and write a bunch of citations? Um, is it more of a cooperative process? Um, kind of walk me through what that looks like. We get our complaints uh, one of two ways. Uh, people do them on the computer where they anonymous, you know, come and submit a tip or submit a complaint thing, or we get phone calls that come to us and we do proactive cases. So on the citation part, no, we don't automatically issue citations. Citations are rare. I've been here two years and wrote one each year. Uh, we prefer to work with the property owners, get them to do what we ask them to. Uh, we get better than 90% compliance rate. Most people uh, as soon as we write the letter, they take care of it within the approximate two weeks we give them. Our, our initial process is we get a complaint, we go out there, we verify that it is a complaint, take some photographs, start a case on it, and before we leave on that initial response, we put a little green door hanger that basically states who we are, why we were here, what the issue was, 
uh, even though it says this is not a citation on there, a lot of people think it's a citation or they just refer to it as such, but it's not. Uh, like I said, we like to work with the property owners, make sure they take care of it. And like I said, better than 90% of the time we go back within the two weeks, it's taken care of, we keep driving, go back to the office, close out the case and it's done. It's rare that we have to do follow up on a case. And we're always eager to give people more time. We do get calls like that from uh, folks all the time saying, hey, sorry, you know, can I have a little more time? Or I was out of town. Could you please give me an extension? And we're all, we always give an extension anywhere from one to two weeks, even further out, depending on the issue that needs to be t taken care of or addressed. Yeah, so that was uh, two tickets and how many years with code enforcement for you? Two. Two. And then, uh, yeah, Jessica, you've been with code enforcement how many years? Five. Five years now. Um, and how many tickets have you written? Four. Just four. Four. Um, you know, tickets really are a last resort. Usually we reserve those for people that just outright refuse to work with us mm -hmm. and they're blatant about it. Um, like Gilbert said, 90% of our cases, they're, they're all complied with by the owner. Um, and we go above and beyond for owners too. Um, if somebody needs some additional help with, uh, say, services to help them clean up their yard because they're elderly or disabled or they just had an accident and they were by themselves, we have resources to send over to help them. We exhaust each and every single option that we can think of to help people with whatever their situation is. And it's more of an educational thing. You know, what's interesting is... Um, <laughs> More than half the time, people actually thank us <laughs> for coming to them. They learn more about it. Some people have no idea that we have any kind of regulation like that in the city. Um, some of the uh, older folks that we've helped are like, oh, thank you for giving me an excuse to get rid of my son's piece of junk car that's sitting out here for the last 15 years that they're never going to pick up. You know, um, sometimes we, we're that tool that gives people an extra boost to reignite their pride and ownership for their homes. And mm -hmm. that's one of the neatest things that I love about the job is just watching people uh, fix up their yards and all of a sudden they're very, very proud and um, very, very happy. And all it takes is just that little spark, which is usually us saying, hey, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry, we got this code violation, but we're going to work with you. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. And and that's what really what it's all about, right? Because like what you do is kind of, you know, one of the building blocks and generating kind of pride in, in a neighborhood and by extension in your community, right? I right. mean, is that kind of how you feel about it? Um, talk a little bit about, you know, how you feel about the work you do in terms of like its effect on the community. Well, I think it, it improves the, the way the city looks and people are appreciative of that. That's most of the reason why we get the complaints because somebody is living next door to somebody or in the same street or somewhere where it's kind of starting to get junked up or the weeds are getting way out of control and it just looks bad. And sometimes these houses are, are vacant, so there is nobody taking care of them. Hmm. So that starts the process of getting it taken care of, you know, getting a hold of the property owner. They may be out of state and it's not rented at the time, but they'll, then they'll hire somebody to take care of it. You know, they're not here. They were unaware that it was getting out of hand and they'll take care of it. So it helps the whole neighborhood and the city look better. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Um, I was just thinking about my street and there was a 
kind of like a hoarder house situation, a house that was just very neglected and some criminal activity, apparently other stuff that you would just see. I, I was in there. And um, I know you worked that case, Jessica. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that, that was one of my lingering cases from animal control. And then it followed me into code enforcement and it was a elderly lady who lived there and she had many, many cats that she was caring for. And in the end, um, uh, the family ended up calling and saying, hey, um, she's not in the house anymore and we need help. We're not sure what to do with it. And so we directed them back to the bank where she had taken out a loan and um, the bank ended up working with them. And next thing I know, the house got remodeled and mm -hmm. it's all taken care of and it's not a uh, bad piece of property anymore. So that's, yeah. uh, that's one of the things that I personally like is... Uh, in the five years, we've really changed a whole lot. We came out with new and improved codes. Mm -hmm. um, we have new management and we redid everything that code enforcement used to be. And in that five years, we've taken areas and of course it's a slow process. I mean, these changes are not cheap and sometimes it gets political. Um, but in those five years, we've taken areas that have been a certain way for so long and now we're we're getting them changed up and revitalized. And uh, like I said, it's it's slow, but, but surely uh, a noticeable progress. Even people that have been gone for a while for traveling or, or whatnot, they come back after a couple of years and they're like, wow, this is already starting to look better. You know, we're constantly trying to look for ways to improve the city. And uh, I think starting out with one area at a time, or even if it's just one house that, just got demolished, unfortunately, because it was unsavable. Mm -hmm. um, it makes a difference. And, and even if it makes a difference for one or two neighbors, it's worth it. Absolutely. I mean, speaking as, as one of those neighbors, I guess, I mean, it really changes the feel of your neighborhood. And I'm also a cat owner. Um, and we had some vet bills associated with the cats that would come out of that house. Um, because, yeah, they were not neutered, they were not vaccinated, those kinds of things. And one of the neighbors was trapping cats, just trying to mitigate the impacts of it and, and stuff. So it, it really affects quality of life for folks when, when there's a pro property like that that's so neglected or causing those kind of public nuisance kind of issues. Um, so, I mean, I've seen that personally. I'm sure other people have. Um, I mean, Gilbert, do you get a lot of thanks or appreciation from folks when, when you do these kind of things? Do people kind of you know, see, see the, the impact you've made in their neighborhood? Actually, we do. We get, uh, get a lot of thanks from people. I've had several calls where the people were the property owners we were dealing with, and they thanked me for bringing it to their attention and apologized for letting it get out of hand. And then obviously the people who called, they'll call after it's taken care of and say, you know, thank you for getting that resolved. You know, it, it looks a lot better now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and there's uh, another side to this too. Um, people can actually help out to kind of keep Sierra Vista clean. Uh, this time of year is particularly bad with all the plastic bags that get blown around and all the litter everywhere. Um, so I know that we have an adopt an area program uh, that provides uh, people or organizations the chance to adopt a public space and do regular cleanups. Um, and I know you, uh, you manage that program basically, Jessica, or you help coordinate that. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that works and uh, how, how people can get involved with that? Uh, sure. Um, really, it all starts with contacting me. There's a link on the city's website under volunteering and you can go to the adopt an area. Um, 
when they contact me, I'll send you the handbook and it goes over um, everything that we expect. And um, the biggest thing in there is that it's a, it's a two-year commitment and you get to choose an area that's not already uh, adopted out. You could do a street, a wash, a portion of the multi-use path. Um, we're pretty flexible. We're just grateful for anybody showing interest to clean up any section of the city. Um, once you get signed up, and it can be a group, it could be an individual, we're not uh, restrictive in any way on that one. Um, I'll provide the bags for you mm -hmm. to pick up the garbage, and they are bright neon orange, can't miss them, and uh, we'll, we'll go out there and pick them up when you're done. And um, so far I've got about 12 groups that are pretty active in this program. Um, just in the last week or so, I've had three or four more people contact me to um, get their groups signed up as well. So um, still waiting to see if they're gonna uh, do it or not. But it's, it's really nice, you know, um, I know a lot of people think that businesses or the property owner should be completely responsible for this, but with the amount of uh, debris that gets out there it, and you've got these vacant landowners who are nowhere near the state of Arizona to begin with, mm -hmm. um, they, they could use help too. And especially, you know, the state lands that are all over in the city, they need a lot of help. They don't have the resources. They don't have a whole lot of volunteers to help them. And, uh, you know, it's, if even one person helps out, it still makes an impact. Yeah, absolutely. I know, um, I guess it's a couple of years ago now, it feels like the COVID year wasn't even real and just kind of skipped that one. But I think in 2019, uh, I remember writing a little feature about a uh, father and son um, who over by uh, Pueblo del Sol maintain a uh, multi-use path area over there. And what they do is just, I think once a week, they go and pick up litter on the path as they just catch up. The father doesn't live with his son anymore and it just gives them this really good opportunity to kind of catch up with them, kind of you know maintain that relationship while doing a really positive community-based activity. Um, and it's just kind of a really nice, beautiful thing to see. And, it, and it's just something that fits so nicely into their life and their routine. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's not something you have to look, look at as a chore necessarily. I mean, it really can be an opportunity to do a family activity or a group thing, team building, all that kind of stuff. Well, it, it, it does get you outdoors and mm -hmm. it, it does help you exercise a little bit. I mean, it's not very difficult to do, um, you know, the other thing is that we only ask for you to go out quarterly. Mm -hmm. So that's four times a year. Yeah. And absolutely. so it doesn't have to be weekly or monthly. It could be quarterly. And of course, if you want to do it more often, we're great with that too. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but we really don't, don't ask for a whole lot other than the, other than the commitment. That's the biggest one. Absolutely. Um, and then I'm just going to kind of uh, pose an ending question to, to both of you. Um, I, it's, I guess it's a question of, of kind of what, what you gain out of this job or, or that kind of thing. But like you're both longtime Sierra Vistans and you look at this as home. I mean, is that is that part of what drives you to do this and come to work every day and get involved in this? I mean, is it just another job for you or do you really kind of feel that connection to improving your community? No, I do. I feel that connection. I, I like coming to work. Uh, I don't dread it. It's, it's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I like dealing with people, talking with them. And I like being in the outdoors, you know, driving around, doing what we do. Yeah, and I, I like that uh, it's never the same thing every single day. It's always mm -hmm. something different. 
Um, I also view it as an investment in my future here. Mm-hmm. You know, what I do now will impact how the city can go down the road years from now. And I'm just glad to be a part of that. Absolutely. And, and I've seen kind of the, the change and the greater emphasis and even adding a code enforcement officer to the team and kind of the difference that has made. And, and me, you know, also as kind of a longtime resident at this point who intends to stay here. I mean, I've seen that difference and I personally appreciate it. I mean, it, it definitely is, is kind of helping with the overall momentum the city is, is kind of making right now just to, to you know, redevelop things, spruce up areas around town and, and you know, foster that sense of pride in our community. Adding another person did help. I see the the volume of calls that come in and the amount of work there is to do. And Mm -hmm. then knowing that Jessica did that for almost a year on her own when the last uh, code enforcement officer left, I I could see how it could be overwhelming with just her doing all the paperwork and everything. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think think investing a little more resources has made us able to be a little more proactive and stay on top of things and, and, you know, do a little more than we used to. Um, So... I appreciate what you guys do, and I'm so thankful you took the time to talk to us today, um, and, I, and I hope you enjoyed it. Well, we did. Thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista. Remember, if you're cleaning up your yard at home this spring, you can take advantage of free green waste pickups for City Refuge customers. To schedule a free Wednesday pickup, search for green waste pickup at www.sierravistaaz.gov and fill out the online form or you can call 520-458-7530. Just be sure to request your pickup by 5 p.m. the Monday prior. That's all for this week's episode. As always, you're invited to join the conversation by sending your comments, ideas, or questions to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's P-O-D at sierravistaaz.gov. Take care, everybody.